It is Tuesday, August 22nd. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The streak is over. And Jonathan Taylor has permission to look around. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The streak is over. The Baltimore Ravens lose for the first time in 25 preseason games. The Colts give Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. And Jim Harbaugh punishing himself. Uh, it's interesting. What is the Vegas lead here, Scott? It's got to be the Baltimore Ravens finally losing oh, a game. Oh, man. This was uh, pretty wild. Uh, the Ravens, 24-game preseason win streak ends, 29-28 loss to the Commanders, who said before the game, that's a stupid record. Why do they care about that? Uh, But Joey Sly hits a 49-yard field goal with nine seconds left uh, to give Baltimore their first loss in the preseason since 2015. This is, uh, I mean, I guess the talking points are over now. We don't have to talk about the Ravens anymore. That's the biggest loss here. Was the fix in? Uh, it was a fourth and 11 with a minute four left down 28, 26. And Corey Mayfield jr. Called for a pass interference. Yeah, yeah that's listen. tough. <laughs> it, it, but listen, I, what's happened here is there. I, and I said this after they broke the record or set the record, like it, they don't, I, I don't think they care about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's not coincidence to win 24 preseason games in a row, but I think you could try to win 20 in a row and set that record and then it becomes coincidence that you've won four in a row since because the Ravens played their second and third string players for the entirety of this game. Yeah, Josh Johnson started the game. And Washington had their starters, their first-team offense, out for the entire first half. So Washington clearly was taking this game more seriously. Which proved to be vital because Sam Howell threw a touchdown with under 20 seconds remaining in the first half. I think there's something to – like it's one thing to take pride in the streak – but I think at this point, they weren't actively trying to continue it. I don't think they were going out of their way to lose preseason games. But they, they at this point, they were just like, well, if we win, we win. If we lose, we lose. But when they broke the, the streak uh, of, you know, Lombardi streak, it, it was, what, 19 games. So the 20th is the one that broke the record. I think since then, it's just been kind of like, well, we'll see what happens. And finally, yesterday, uh, it came to an end. Well, yeah, that's that. it's shown in the uh, in the ATS record, right, McKenzie? That, that they haven't covered as of late. Their record hasn't been good in the past, like, five or oh, and three. five. Lost yeah. their last three now. Lost their last three ATS. So Embarrassing. You're right. After they did get the record <laughs> of 20 straight, it, it, they, they have not covered. But this is the Ravens usually, like, it, we talked about it with, last week when Lamar wasn't playing. This is normal. The the Ravens don't typically play their first units mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in these preseason games. So the fact that they've been able to run this record up while playing a bunch of second and third string guys is pretty impressive to me. Uh, so uh, it finally comes to an end, though. And now there's a new champion in town. The longest preseason win streak belongs to 
the Las Vegas Raiders. Nice. Six consecutive wins. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe in the year 2029, they can uh, they can break that record. You never know. We'll see uh, We'll see how it works out. Well, by then, there won't be a preseason. So You're with, probably with, right. The That'll way, be, the way the NFL's be long going. gone. Uh, you did mention Sam Howell throwing a touchdown pass. This was, pro- I mean, a promising thing for them. We've talked about Washington and how it fe- Washington feels like a team that – if they're really serious about competing this year, it felt like they would have done something than other than Sam Howell. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this uh, does this give you any hope for the uh, for the Commanders? Sam Howell looked good, looked like he can play in this league. Do I judge him against some players that'll be bagging groceries next week? Probably not. Uh, but you have to be encouraged by what you saw from him because he showed command of the offense. The line gave him plenty of time, and that's the thing. Sam Howell is just like any NFL quarterback. When you give them time, they can make throws. And the commander's offensive line in the first half of this game was able to give him time. Now, when they go up against starting defensive players, will they hold up? Or will Sam Howell be on his rear end most of the time? That's the concern that I have. 19 of 25, 188, and two touchdowns for Sam Howell. Two sacks as well. Jake Fromm was 10 of 16 with a touchdown. Jacoby Brissett, who you would think would be the guy pushing Sam Howell, 7 of 11, 47 yards and a pick. So he's the one who had the down day amongst the Washington quarterbacks. And you mentioned Josh Johnson and Anthony Brown uh, took all the snaps with no Lamar Jackson and no Tyler Huntley available for the Ravens. So four, four combined touchdown passes, two picks. Uh, but the Commanders get the job done 29-28. So here's the question. Next week, Baltimore is at the Tampa Bay Bucks. Fade. Fade the, fade the Ravens? Yep, fade. It feels like the, the – uh, McKenzie, what do you think? What, 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 which way do you think the line moves between now and that kickoff on Saturday? Public money, where does it go? It's uh, tough. All the money came in on the Commanders. They were three-and-a-half-point dogs, close to the favorite in some spots. I feel like the market knew something with these Ravens. They are extra not given a care about it, and I feel like the Raiders, six wins, straight wins, I think money comes in on the Raiders. Current line right now, Ravens minus one-and-a-half over the Bucks in Tampa. I'm going to go – I'm going to say that the Bucks. I'm going to say it closes a pick. I'm going to say Bucks take money, it closes a pick. Okay. I think we might even see the Bucks minus one. That's how much money they're going to take. I think I want the Ravens, too. No, I want the Bucks. And do you think— uh, Ravens are mailing it in. Do you yeah, think Lamar Jackson over. plays at all in the no, uh, in no. week three? Preseason's over. That, now, this is odd to Well, me. that changes everything. Because, like, Aaron Rodgers is playing for the Jets, and he hasn't played in years. But he's going to play for the Jets if maybe Lamar does play. Doesn't it feel like for a guy in like Lamar who didn't play the second half of last season, there's an entirely new offense being installed in Baltimore— don't you think you'd want to get a look at, at Lamar Jackson, you know, in game situations? Well, I, you can avoid the other team getting a look. I mean, that's why Anthony Richardson's not playing, supposedly, for the element of surprise. Lamar Jackson, we've seen play one particular style for four years. Uh, I feel like they they have that ace up their sleeve. They know what, what they're seeing in practice. They know what he can do. Well, that's a good point. Although, they play the Texans week one. I don't know that you need much element of surprise. You always say that. stuff like that. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, no NFL team has ever gone into any NFL game like, oh, well, we don't have to care about this one. I mean, if you're saving the element of surprise, it seems silly to waste it on the Texans when you've got absence. That is silly. Saying that winning an NFL game, if you can guarantee it, if you have one play, 
that can guarantee a win. That is what they get paid millions of dollars to try to do every every single month of the year. They're thinking about how can we win the next game. They're not just saying, oh, well, it's the Texans. It doesn't matter. I mean, they could run their normal offense that they ran last year and beat the Texans. That's what you say, and then they lose 10-9 to the, who was it, the Panthers last year? Like, it happens all the that's time. True. No one takes these things for granted, ever. Well, that's a good point, and the Ravens, I assume, uh, will not play Lamar Jackson next week, uh, but I, I I, don't know. I'd like to see what the guy's doing. I, it's guy's been away from football for a long time. Ravens, nine-and-a-half-point favorites in week one over the Texans. You want a piece of Houston? Uh, no. I, I teased it down. I got Ravens minus two and a half with another leg. Now I like that, I like a lot. They're going to win. Yes. They're going to get there. That I like. What was the other leg? Oh, let me guess it. You pushed down. Actually? It was news related. It was off-season or training camp news related, this pick. Off-season or training camp news related? Beginning of the training camp period, yep. Beginning of training camp period. Well, the line's not not even well, there, I'm so saying you pushed up the Cleveland Browns. We pushed up the Cleveland Browns, exactly. There we go. Got it, got it. Over oh. the three, over the seven. Now yeah. we're looking at pick. That looks great for us. I was thinking maybe you were going to say Jags when they announced that uh, Jonathan Taylor was was away, but it's a, it's a strong two. No, it's I a, like that. Pushing up the Browns in case Joe, Joe Burrow might, might not play week one. I, I agree. That's very smart. By so. the way, you can still get Browns at plus one. You can push them up if you, like a six and a half point teaser, push them up, to, uh, you know. Seven and a half. I like a six-point teaser to get to eight and a half. But, you know, to each his own. Yeah, well, <laughs> McKenzie sure. got there early. Nice to have a good number in the pocket. Nice to have a good number in the pocket. You can do a three-team teaser and get the plus 150. This is what <laughs> Fez will give McKenzie thumbs up. He would yeah. give you thumbs down. <laughs> you know what gives us thumbs up? Wins. That's true. That's what gives us thumbs that up. Is true. And the Washington Commanders got a win last night. And they can celebrate that. Do you want a piece now of the Commanders in their final preseason game? No, this was their Super Bowl. I, they're they're four and a, they're four and a half point favorites at home against the Bengals. McKenzie says no one takes anything for granted. I think the Commanders are totally going to take next week for granted. They're thinking we just beat the best preseason team. Yeah, in the Sam Howell showed us enough. This is a Jacoby Brissett show. I think so. I, I think it's it's Jacoby Brissett and uh, still and, Jacoby Brissett and Jake against, Fromm. Jake Fromm and Jacoby Brissett against Trevor Simeon though. That's a close I, match. I think I'd take the Commanders. <laughs> it's a close match. Uh, elsewhere in the NFL, speaking of the Indianapolis Colts and Jonathan Taylor, some news uh, out of Indy where Jonathan Taylor has now been granted permission to seek a trade. Now, that's not the Colts going out and looking for a trade. They said, Jonathan Taylor, you can have your agent go out and see what you can find. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently the team is looking for, at a minimum, a first-round draft pick or a a number of picks that basically equates on the scale to a first round draft pick, uh, which I mean, when you think about the market of the league for, for running backs would be a, a, I guess it'd have to be a win for the Colts if they can get that. I don't know that they will though. Now I would assume any trade would also require an extension. Yes. I mean, the assumption would be that Jonathan Taylor, like, you know, Jonathan Taylor wants an extension and McKenzie, you could tell me if I'm wrong. We talked about this with, uh, with James Harden. The assumption is the six, the Sixers could trade James Harden right now, but they can't trade him to a team that is willing to give up assets for him and then sign him to an extension. So thus, they can't trade him. That makes sense in theory. The difference being that I haven't heard that reported explicitly, whereas people are saying Jonathan Taylor is looking for a trade that will guarantee him an extension. Yeah, he's uh, seeking a long-term contract expansion. The Colts have said they are not willing to do that, at least not yet. Uh, but... If he gets through this season, he gets put on the franchise tag. 
And yeah. that's what that's or no, I guess he he's open to being put on yeah. the franchise tag. All right. So who who needs his services the most? And who would be willing to part ways with an asset or maybe sign him to a long term deal? I don't or know. Or at least a short term lucrative deal. I don't know. I mean, I is he looking for a short-term deal? I can't imagine he's 25 or what's he 24, 25 years old. It's it's interesting because we've seen the market has been set for running backs. Mm-hmm. No one wants to sign running backs to long-term deals. You can if you're giving up a first-round pick, you can draft Bijan Robinson with a first-round pick. Yep. You can draft Jameer Gibbs and have them under control for five years. Next year now, you can. Yeah. Are, are those guys going to be Jonathan Taylor? Probably not. I mean, right now you can go get Kareem Hunt for this, the price of a one-year contract. Uh, I don't know who's looking at Jonathan Taylor and saying, I'll give up a first-round pick for him. I'm not saying that, that, that I wouldn't look at him that way. I don't know if the league is if somebody in the league is willing to blink and say, "Yep, we'll be the team that gives up a first-round pick and pays a contract extension to a running back." I don't know that a team's going to want to do that. I'm just looking around the league and seeing who would be in need of a running back. We know the Dolphins were in on the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, and they lose out on the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes. You have Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. So two guys that are obviously familiar with the McDaniel system and guy that they traded for previously. Do they inquire about Jonathan Taylor? And does Jonathan Taylor on the Dolphins all of a sudden make them uh, one step better? I think it does. I, I mean, I think it would too, but here's the deal. When you think about these teams now, you're you're not talking about a one-year deal anymore. You're talking about mm-hmm. making a financial commitment and everybody like, – your schedule, your your timeline has to change when you start paying guys like that. They have right now. They have a quarter. Miami has a quarterback on his first contract, and that's, that's not going to be for long. Sure, but that, 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 don't you think that now is the time then to sign a running back? It seems seems that way. While you have money, while your while your quarterback is still on his rookie deal, I, I'll say this: there there's a list of teams that I, I read yesterday that said that they could be they would maybe be interested in Jonathan Taylor. Teams that would maybe be a good fit. I expected it to be teams that are contenders, but it's a it's a real mixed bag. Miami's right at the top of that list. It's mm-hmm. Miami, Buffalo, Chicago, Commanders, Rams, Ravens, Vikings. I, I don't know that. I, I guess I don't know what makes sense. Like, what would you? Are you looking? If you're the Bears, like, do, does Jonathan Taylor? Does paying Jonathan Taylor really make sense? No. You don't even know if you've got your long-term quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're the Rams, it's hard to say that Jonathan Taylor makes any sense. You've got a team full of young guys. You've got an aging quarterback. I mean, th- that feels like an anti-McVay move. I-, I don't know. I don't know where he fits. I don't know what kind of team fits Jonathan Taylor at this point. I would say the Bills or the Dolphins would be teams that – could use his services because they're contenders right now and would be willing to spend the money because there's nobody ahead of them on the depth chart that blows you away. Jonathan Taylor automatically becomes a starter on both of those teams. It's not even close. And I, I the same thing with the Vikings. Like you know, he becomes the number one on the Vikings, and it's not even close. And with the Bills, but they weren't willing to pay Dalvin Cook, or they willing to pay Jonathan Taylor. Or with the Bills, when they whatever they trade back, James Cook could be part of that deal. So sure. now you you still got a young controllable salary controllable running back, and you still get some assets on top of that. That seems like a win win for the uh, for the Indianapolis Colts. But are the Bills who are now paying Josh Allen big boy money? Mm-hmm. Are they going to go in pocket for a running back? 
I, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. Does he get traded before week one of the season? So I'm within the next three weeks. I'm going to say no. Mackenzie? I'm going to say yes. Adam Schefter said there's already interest. doesn't take much interest to go from $4 million to $10 million to get me interested. So I think he shines, signs a one- or two-year deal. Are there odds on a next team for, uh, for Jonathan Taylor, McKenzie? I think he gets traded in the next three weeks. Well, I mean. And I, and I think that it would be, I think, the Dolphins. You think so? I think they pull the trigger. It's got to be a win-now team, right? The Dolphins yeah. are all in. They're going to be in cap hell anyway yeah. the next couple of years. Yep. The, the Ravens would make some sense, too. Ravens, uh, $15.6 million in cap next season. They're counting on J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, and that's a team who's, again, close. The te- Of the teams that were mentioned in that, the, the Bills, the, the Dolphins, the Ravens, but again, the Ravens just paid their quarterback as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is the Dolphins who haven't made that move yet, who haven't had to pull the trigger on a second contract for Tua. Yeah, and I think the fact that they were in on Dalvin Cook and then lost out to the Jets, I think – I think they're the ones that are going to be aggressive in going after Jonathan Taylor. Odds on uh, next team? So points bet was the last guys to put them out, and they have taken them down as they assess the situation. The Dolphins, before this was known, was the favorite at plus 120. Yeah, that makes sense. Buccaneers at plus 350. I don't see that at all. Ew. Yeah, it's a, it's a waste, <laughs> right? That's such a waste. Ew. <laughs> Why? Uh, yeah, I do think he ends up with the Miami Dolphins within the next three weeks. Okay. And then what, what goes back to Indy? I, I don't know. But he'll end up on the Dolphins. That's my that's my pick right now. Take it to the bank. If you're going to spend seven million dollars on a running back, Dalvin Cook is nothing compared to Jonathan Taylor production wise the last couple of years. So that'd be a, that'd be a steal for them if they were able to skip Cook and get Taylor. Well, it, but it, the difference would the difference, difference would be long term commitment. Yeah. Dalvin Cook was less money. Yeah. Was it four million dollars? Well, we don't know how much Cook is going to be paid. I mean, Taylor's going to be paid going forward. He's getting paid four four million this year. Yeah. And you push money into the into the future when you're already. That's true. The, I mean, I get. I, and maybe you're onto something there because my assumption was just that whatever Jonathan Taylor is probably looking to be the highest paid running back in the league, and so that's 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 immediately where my head went. But maybe he's like willing to take like take what Saquon got this year just for four years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I I don't know exactly what Jonathan Taylor I, I, Jonathan Taylor hasn't said out loud what he's uh, what he's looking to get, but he's in the final year. Of his rookie deal right now, he's going to get four point three million in cash. Uh, but he's the the expected is that he's he should be in the eleven to thirteen per per year. But reports are that Taylor's asking for around twenty million dollars a year. That seems unlikely. It seems unlikely that a team's going to be willing to jump that far from what the market's currently set at. It'd be almost like paying a Deshaun Watson contract. Like you'd be resetting the entire market, mm-hmm. or you and. And if Jonathan Taylor doesn't work out, you just look like a total idiot. Hey, can't get it if you don't ask for it, right? That's true. (laughs) This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. 
for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. A couple of weeks ago, we talked about the report of Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh being suspended for the first four games of the season this year, stemming from alleged violations that occurred during the COVID-19 dead period. Well, that four-game suspension has been declined. What it was was an agreement from the University of Michigan with, I guess, the NCAA Rules Committee and whoever was investigating everything that say, hey, you know what? We know something's going on. Four games. Why not? And they were like, nah, nah, we're going to keep looking into this. Well, that actually we thought was going to help Jim Harbaugh coach every game this year because this investigation, this procedure is going to take a while and no announcement, no suspension, no ruling is going to come down until after this season. But that's not the case now, AJ, because Michigan is self-imposing a three-game suspension for Jim Harbaugh to begin this season, and I think it's genius I'm curious why you think it's genius that they went with three games I the the four games that he was originally set to miss Mm -hmm. all felt and McKenzie may jump on me for this all felt like very winnable games for Michigan like I would have been okay if I had to pick some games to have my coach gone those are the four games East Carolina UNLV Bowling Green Rutgers feels okay Mm -hmm. uh there's a reason why guys like Harbaugh want to coach in college and they can't hack it in the NFL because it's not a lot of pressure the first four weeks of the season. There are those gimme games for sure. Um, but taking the three games, is are you assuming that he's going to get leniency on the, uh, on the back end of this now? This is genius because they're looking for time served. Right. A level one suspension, which is what Michigan's facing right now for these violations, is three to six games. Okay. If they come down in 2024 or whenever, maybe it's January, maybe it's February, March, whenever the NCAA Rules Committee finishes their investigation, they have the hearing and they determine they are guilty of a level one violation, we're going to suspend for six games. Well, then Michigan comes in, the attorneys come in and they say, we'd like to apply for time served. We self-imposed a three-game suspension last year to beginning of the season. 
will take a three-game suspension to begin this season. And you know what they'll say? You're right. He served the three games last year. Now he'll only serve three games this year. So then next year, when they play UNLV and Rutgers and UTEP or whoever their schedule is for 2024, Harbaugh will miss those first three games, and there'll be three Ws. That's the thing, though. That Therein lies the catch. 2024's schedule, Fresno State to open. Ah, no big deal. Second game of the season, September 7th, home to the University of Texas. That's not a game that Jim Harbaugh is going to want to miss. And then Arkansas State. Oh, yeah, that's, that's a little better. <laughs> but I, that, it's it's odd to me that they went with three. Like I said, missing the Rutgers. Get Rutgers is such but a disaster. If, but again, a level one suspension is three. To so it six. could just be it. It could be three. It could be four. It could be five. It could be six. They could say. Three-game suspension, and he already served the three-game suspension. They could say four-game suspension and only suspend them for the first game of next year. Here's my thoughts, though. The fact that they they had settled or they had thought they had settled on four, and they came out and said, nope, that's not enough, or that's not it. We're not, we're not taking that deal. That makes me think that they feel like there's something that pushes it beyond four. So that would be my concern. I mean, if it were going to be four or three, they would have just said, oh, yeah, four works. It seems to me like it's it was it was going to be more than three all along. So this is a statement that was made by the NCAA. They said, quote, it's not uncommon for the Committee on Infractions to seek clarification on key facts prior to accepting. The COI may also reject a negotiated resolution if it determines that the agreement is not in the best interests of the association or the penalties are not reasonable. So they may think that three games or four games is not reasonable, and six games is. Okay. Maybe that's the case. Well, again, I, I, I said this when I first thought it was going to be four games. I don't think Michigan's – this doesn't change my thoughts on what Michigan is at all uh, coming into this season. No, I, they're I, still going to win the Big Ten and go to the college World playoff. I think they're the second-best team in the country. I, I think without Jim Harbaugh the first three games of the season – they remain the second best team in the country. Yeah, and I don't think that we are seeing any uh, jump in Michigan or or people looking to bet against Michigan here to to start the season. They're thirty six point favorites against East Carolina. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> they're eighteen point favorites against Nebraska later in the year. I think they're. I, yeah, yeah, I think that team's going to be pretty good. Yeah, they'll be all right. Elsewhere in college football, the list of first team All Americans were announced, the preseason All-Americans. No surprise, reigning Heisman Trophy winner Caleb Williams is uh, a first-team All-American. And McKenzie, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, is the favorite to win it again this year? Indeed, Williams, plus 550. He's the favorite, followed by Jaden Daniels at 10 to 1. Quinn Ewers, 12 to 1. Heisman Odds brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code Vegas and get $200 when you bet $5 on any college football game this upcoming weekend in week zero. Uh, Drake May, the second team quarterback, where is he on the Heisman Odds list? Drake May, he's 10th on the favorites board. 18 to 1. Uh, running backs on the first team Blake Corm from Michigan, Quinshawn Judkins from Ole Miss. 
Uh, wide receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio State. I assume he finds his way onto the odds board, right? He does. Number 12, 20 to 1. Uh, Romeo Dunze from Washington and Emeka Egbuga also from Ohio State. So a lot of Ohio State feel uh, on the first team. Raheem Sanders from Arkansas, Braylon Allen from Wisconsin, a couple running backs on the second team, and Xavier Worthy from Texas, Malik Neighbors from LSU, and Jacob Cowing from Arizona, the wide receivers on the second team. Here's what I don't, I don't understand. So Marvin Harrison Jr. is, where is he, McKenzie, on the Heisman boards now? He's 12th favorite. 12th favorite. And what's his odds? 20 to 1. Okay. He would be, I guess, the second wide receiver to win in the past couple of years, right? We saw yeah. Devontae Smith win at, at Alabama. And I understand, if you're going to pick any wide receiver, he would be the guy to pick, right? No argument there, top wide receiver in the country, right? Uh, well, and I think particularly because of the other guys we mentioned, if if Xavier Worthy has a big year, you've got Quinn Ewers ahead of him on the odds board. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like, the, I, I think he would probably get the love. The only problem I have with it is I mentioned Emeka Abuga, who is also a wide receiver at Ohio state. Yeah. There's only so many mouths to feed or that can be fed, but who's going to feed them. Ryan day still hasn't announced the starting quarterback. That's wild. And I can't pick Marvin Harrison jr. To be the Heisman trophy winner, even at great odds. When I don't know who the quarterback is, we assume it's Kyle McCord, but you know what happens when you assume Make an ass out of you and me. That's true. Could be Devin Brown. Could be the starting quarterback. Ryan Day has not announced a starting quarterback yet. Well, McKenzie, you know who has announced a starting quarterback is Georgia. Uh, where is Stetson coming back? Stetson is one not, more year. Stetson is not coming back. Uh, but the this is Carson Beck is going to be the quarterback of this team. Loved your tweet, by the way. Very punchable face. He does have a very, <laughs> very punchable face. But Carson Beck, I'm pretty sure, is going to go 15-0 and this season and probably win a national championship. Are there odds on Carson Beck as far as winning a Heisman Trophy? Yeah. Never started before, but he is 15-1, to seventh favorite. I'll be honest. If you put a gun to my head and said, pick a Heisman Trophy winner today, that's who I would pick. It makes a lot of sense. It's hard to say when you go undefeated that you weren't uh, the best guy in the league as at the leadership position. Caleb Williams, though, plus 550. No one's ever done it except for Archie Griffin in the freaking history of the of the award. I know, but very That's often, wild. very often, the guy who won it last year is the favorite the next year, and then it keeps not happening. Yeah, right. We keep going, hell, well, he's I mean, a rightful favorite. And he'll be a finalist, but will the voters vote for him I don't again? think they will. Because you could have made the argument that, like, Tebow could have won it back-to-back years. You could have. And, and, and he didn't, uh, but he was a finalist. Uh, Matt Leinert was a finalist. Yep, back to back years. And then, like his teammates, better for some reason. It, it, well, that actually never happened. No oh yeah, I mean, that year. I, I forgot. The, the NCAA told us that we never that those games never happened. Vince okay? Young was supposed to get that Heisman anyway. There, never those games never happened. AJ. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. He didn't even win the national championship because so, that game never happened. If his games never happened and Vince Young's games did happen. No. The national that game didn't happen. Well, the, that wouldn't have no been the Heisman anyway. For some no reason, the middle happened. of the winter, Vince Young was just running around yes. on the field by himself. Yeah, <laughs> untouched though. <laughs> think, think, all of this because of a Hummer. A Hummer. Yeah. Someone was driving a Hummer, and now no wins for USA. Anyway, um, I I look at Carson Beck. Yes, best quarterback. Uh, I mean, uh, best team, undefeated, inside track. They're going to put up big numbers. But I also look for players that will be on 10-win teams 
maybe 10 and 2, teams that have a chance to win their conference, teams that have a chance to get into the college football playoff, but have the chance to put up much bigger numbers than Carson Beck will. Well, that's why I like Quinn Ewers. I, I think Texas fits all the, the things you're talking about. We're but missing he, a name here. His odds are a little bit short. He, what he's, you said he's a third favorite, right, McKenzie? Yep. We're, mi- we're missing a name here. Who are you missing? 16-1 to 1, Michael Penix Jr. Washington could very well be playing USC for the Pac-12 championship game. Oh, you with, know I like Washington, too. I know you do. With with either a 10 or an 11-win season. With a chance to, maybe, you know, maybe they do go undefeated. I don't know. Maybe they go undefeated and they're playing USC for a chance to go to the, the college football playoffs. Maybe that's what's going to happen here. Michael Penix could put up ridiculous numbers this year in that Kalen DeBoer offense. And at 16 to 1, that, that's really good odds on a guy who could very well lead the nation in passing. Very well could. My concern would be his health. And this is a guy who has missed a lot of games in his career. Last year was healthy, and he, like the, the numbers just piled up. But what do we but ask for? He threw for? for more yards last year yes. than he did in his first four years combined. And what do we ask for with a Heisman Trophy candidate? Heisman moments, right? Sure. You need the Heisman moment. They play USC on November 4th, okay? That's probably the first of two matchups that they're going to face each other because they'll have the chance to play each other in, in the conference championship game. He goes out and beats USC twice and wins the Pac-12. There's no bigger Heisman moment for a I quarterback. Agree. I agree. Michael Penix Jr., 16-1 to 1 to win the Heisman. So they vote after the conference championship before the playoffs and the bowl games? Yes. It does seem well set up. To get that upset win. The only out. thing, and and we can talk about West Coast, East Coast biased, but didn't hurt Caleb Williams last year. It did not. Well, that's because he was a national brand in USC, and that yeah. helps. But it also helps to beat one of those yes. twice. Yeah. Twice, if you beat him twice, especially, uh, it goes a long way for sure. So I don't hate that pick. Actually, that's a that's a solid pick at sixteen to one. So uh, there's some options out there for the Heisman Trophy. Um, I would just say this: careful if you think I, I get it. I think Caleb Williams is very good too. I just don't see a guy winning it back-to-back years. Heisman Odds brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code VEGAS and get $200 when you bet $5 on any college football game this upcoming weekend in Week 0. Speaking of college football, if you're into that sort of thing, uh, you can go over to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview podcast, a podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts, and there is a college football edition up now for Week 0. Scott and I did the Week Zero games, all seven of them, went through every game, gave our best bets. So uh, if you're into uh, college football betting, it starts up this weekend. So head on over to RJ Bell's Dream Preview podcast feed and get that episode right now. Taking a look at Major League Baseball, we had one team have a team meeting over the weekend, and it didn't work out where the Yankees had a team meeting after their sixth straight loss and proceeded to lose games number seven and eight in a row. That's not good. By the way, calling what, a, what up, a crummy meeting. Calling up some top prospects in uh, in Oswald Peraza and Everson Pereira. I feel like yesterday you called for the Yankees to do just that. I was screaming for them to do it. Well, now, said, what are they waiting for? Now they've Why listened. are they not calling these kids up? Now they've listened. Yes. Well, Aaron Boone's got to try and save his job somehow. But... That team meeting did not work. The team meeting that the Astros had, though, on Sunday after their loss, maybe that did help because Houston, despite falling behind early, bounced back with a 9-4 win over the Red Sox, snapping their losing skid. Yeah, gave up a three spot in the top of the first 
but they were up 4-3 by the by the time the second inning was over, end up winning 9-4. Christian Javier gets to win. James Paxton, the loss. But, yeah, this was the kind of offensive explosion you've been waiting for from the Astros. So, it, again, the Rangers have been keeping pace with them every single game. Uh, this is a, a, As far as losing is concerned. Yeah, the Rangers lost again last night, a 4-3 walk-off loss in extra innings to the Diamondbacks. Aroldis Chapman uh, blew the save, and then they – they give it Five up straight now. Give it up in extra innings. The Diamondbacks four three winners against the Rangers. But this was a a big. This series is big. They got swept by the Mariners. Mariners seem to not be able to lose games right mm-hmm. now. We mentioned uh, yesterday's show, and I, I mean the Mariners won again last night. So it's still a half game separating the Astros and the Mariners. The Mariners are right on their tail. Astros had no room. Uh, to blow it against the Red Sox and, and put on a good game one of that series last night. Conspiracy theory. Would the Astros rather be the third wild card and play the Minnesota Twins in the first round, the wild card round? Ooh. Or play the Tampa Bay Rays in the 1 2 matchup? I, don't, I mean, honestly, I think they might rather play Tampa right now. I, I don't know that it really matters yeah. to them because Tampa without McClanahan is a different animal. Like sure. the, the thought sure. I, I, a month ago, I would have said no, Zach Eflin starting game one. Uh, it's probably Glasnow starting. Oh, Glasnow, yeah, Glasnow and Savali. Yeah, one and two. Yeah. Uh, Glasnow, Savali, Eflin. That's mm-hmm. their three. But mm-hmm. you feel a lot better about that than you would have about McClanahan starting game one, and then Glasnow and Eflin in, in two and three. So. Uh, I, I would say right now, given with the way the Rays have played for the past two months, they don't like. It, they felt like such a juggernaut at the mm-hmm. beginning of the season. Right now, they feel like a a very good, but very very beatable team. So I, I think they might rather play Tampa. And for the Astros, they're just gonna they're looking for a third starter. Like if you if you're setting up this rotation for the playoffs, we know it's Verlander and Valdez. Who's number three? Is it Hunter Brown? Is it Christian Javier? Is it J.P. France? France? Yeah, who's been very strong. So Christian Javier now 9-2, and two, but he's been sort of a roller coaster. Uh, Hunter Brown just got lit up his last time out, although he's been, he's been pretty solid. And, and Framber, ever since he threw the no-hitter on August 1st, in his three starts after throwing the no-hitter, he has allowed 16 runs. Yeah, he's been very inconsistent. But there's no doubt he's one of the three guys you're throwing mm-hmm. because the upside of Framber is, you know, one of the best pitchers in the league. Yep. Uh, the downside is he could have a blow up inning. He could get frustrated and just randomly throw at a player, which it seems like he's now done a couple times. Uh, so the, the Astros are in a, a weird spot there. You just hope Verlander gets the win and you you can piece together enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You only got to get two wins. That's it. Right? You only got to get two out of the three games. Let's take a look at the schedule here for Tuesday. The Cubbies are in Detroit to take on the Tigers. Drew Smiley goes for Chicago. Reese Olsen for Detroit. Chicago is minus 125. Uh, survived the scare yesterday. Chicago did. Took an early lead over the Tigers. They were winning this one for nothing, and it actually uh, – uh, went into the ninth inning. They had to score two in the top of the ninth, gave up one in the bottom of the ninth. It was a tie game at one point. They held on to win 7-6, so they survived a little bit of a scare yesterday. They're looking for another win here and keep rising up the standings. I still think they win the National League Central, and you can get them north of uh, plus $2. The Rockies are at the Rays. Tampa Bay, a massive favorite, minus 
267 with Zach Littell on the mound. Tyler Blotch goes for Colorado. The Giants are at the Phillies. Taiwan Walker gets the start for Philadelphia. Kyle Harrison will make his debut for the Giants. Don't usually like guys making their debuts on the road against a team as good as the Phillies offensively. Philly minus 155 in that one. Grayson Rodriguez will start for the Orioles as they host the Blue Jays. And Yusei Kikuchi, Baltimore, is minus 120. Nationals at the Yankees. We mentioned the Yankees bringing up a couple of prospects. If there was ever a time to turn it around, three games against the Nationals in your home ballpark, you you, you should be able to sweep these three games. Well, you, you should at least be able to win the series. Yankees are minus 190 with Carlos Rodon on the mound against Josiah Gray. In what world is anybody laying 190 with the Yankees? I can't imagine it. That's a that's an insane number to put your money on. I feel like you just bet the Nationals in all three games, right? I think you do. Like, and if they if you all you gotta do is win one, yeah. right? <laughs> that, that, that's wild that they're minus 190. Cardinals are at the Pirates. The Pirates destroyed the Cardinals last night. Boy, what a, what an embarrassing season! This it's is been insane. How bad St. the Cardinals Lewis. are. Uh, Pittsburgh's minus one forty. Johan Oviedo, former Cardinals prospect, is on the mound for Pittsburgh. Adam Wainwright will get the start for St. Louis again. Pittsburgh minus one forty favorites. Dodgers are at the Guardians. Uh, Brandon Miller getting the start for the Dodgers. Noah Syndergaard will go for the Guardians. L.A. is minus two ten. The Mets, who beat the Braves last night, are in Atlanta again. Atlanta's minus 225. Bryce Elder going for Atlanta. Tyler McGill for the Mets. Last night's game really rubbed me the wrong way because it felt like the Braves just chalked it up to defeat. It was it was one of those weird games where um, they, they give up a, an early lead. So the Braves are down 3-0. But then the Braves take a 4-3 lead. Going into the fifth inning, they have Allen Winans pitching. And his last start against the Mets uh, or was very good. Seven innings, shutout baseball. He's already given up three runs in this game. They go into the fifth inning and gets, gets hit around a little bit. Okay? Gives up a couple of runs. 4-3 lead becomes 4-4. Then it becomes 5-4. At that point, you would think a manager would decide to take him out of the game. Because he had given up three straight hits. It's one out in the inning. You're down six to four. It's still a game. Yeah. You can still get out. You can still get this game, take him out. They leave him in Daniel Vogelbach singles. Now it's six to four. So we get now you take him out of the game a little too late. And then uh, you have another run scores off of Brad Hand. Winds up being seven four. Seven four turns into ten four. And the Braves lose that game. I understand that you want to see how like a, a, a young kid can get out of it and you want to give him the chance to get out of it. But it just felt like one of those games where the Braves were like, we can afford to see what happens here. You know, we got like a 20, 30 game lead in the Something tells me you had a wager on the Braves. First five, maybe? Might have. Might have. (laughs) Uh, But the Braves looking to bounce back here with Elder on the mound against McGill. Their minus 225 total is 10 and a half. The Red Sox are at the Astros. Tanner Houck going for the Red Sox. Justin Verlander for Houston. Does Houston make it two in a row? They're minus 155. I think they do. I think they do as well. They're feeling good about themselves now. Twins are at the Brewers. Bailey Ober for Minnesota. Wade Miley for Milwaukee. It's an even spread. Total of eight and a half here. The Mariners, who never lose a game, uh, are at the White Sox. Mike Clevenger goes for Chicago and Brian Wu for Seattle. Last night, the Mariners beat the White Sox 14-2. to Luis Castillo started the game and goes seven innings, 
allowing one run on five hits with nine strikeouts. Wow. He threw 95 pitches in that game last night. At one stretch of the game, he threw 47 consecutive fastballs. How does that even happen in Major League Baseball in 2023? Like, it feels like everybody can hit a fastball. You've got to be able to throw other stuff. How, how is he not being lit up? I guess it's the White Sox. It's either the White Sox, uh, the scouting report, knowing that they they couldn't hit it, or whatever. 47, his final 47 pitches, that's what it was, were either four-seam or two-seam fastballs. So that's how he mixed it up with the four seamers. Okay. Seamer. Yeah. But it's like when you know they can't hit you, what are you messing around with? Remember? Don't mess around, Ricky. Give him the heater. Right? Like, don't. What are you messing around? You can't hit my fastball. Yeah. I'm just going to keep throwing it until it, it, it was five to one. And he's bang, bang. He's just 47 straight fastballs. At one point, you're sitting there, right? And, and you're the batter. And you're trying to like figure out this guy. And you're thinking, man. To one count. What's he throwing here? <laughs> it's another fastball. <laughs> yeah. You kind of know what's coming at that point. Uh, it, that was embarrassing. But congratulations to the Mariners. I mean, the Mariners, you mentioned it right on the heels of the Astros in the wild card race. They are the third wild card right now. One game up on the Toronto Blue Jays. Seattle playing really, really good baseball right now. The Reds are at the Angels. Uh, this game, they got postponed because of the aftermath of uh, the storm that happened there in Southern California. They, Lucas Giolito will start. Graham Ashcraft goes for Cincinnati. L.A. is minus 140. The Royals are at the A's, and uh, no pitcher decided right now for Oakland. Angel Zerpa will go for Kansas City. Rangers and Diamondbacks will do it all again after the extra inning game last night. Zach Cowan scheduled to go for the Diamondbacks. He's minus 130 over John Gray for Texas. And the Marlins are at the Padres. Blake Snell going for San Diego. They're minus 190. Jesus Lazardo for the Marlins. So you got the two front runners for the National League Cy Young, both on the mound tonight in Blake Snell and Zach Cowan. I got to tell you, I, I was looking at this last night when the Padres won, and Michael Walk is a guy we need to be keeping an eye on. His first five starts of the season, so back in April, five starts, gave up 19 earned runs, 6.75 ERA in April. That's not that's not really good. Since then, Michael Walker. So since the the second or in, once the second month of the season started, 70 and two thirds innings, nine earned runs allowed, 1.154 ERA since the start of May for Michael Waka, who most people thought was just kind of like a washed-up fill-in piece. He's been absolutely dominant. We need to start betting on Michael Waka. I think that's pretty good. I, that's, Sounds like a good idea. That's pretty damn good. And you know what it also says is the Padres, who right now are five and a half games out of the third wild card in the National League. Should they get into that wild card series? They're terrifying. Blake Snell and Michael Waka in the first two games. And you Darvish in the third? And you Darvish, or or however they decide to order this thing. The Padres could be last year's Phillies. I think so. A I think they're a real that makes sleeper. it into the postseason and goes on a run because of how good their lineup and their pitching is. We talked to Josh Towers, who you guys did the uh, the Major League Baseball podcast on Monday. You can hear that on R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Uh, but he said they just they can't hit. And yeah, they can't typically hit for as much uh, name value as mm -hmm. in that lineup. They haven't been great hitting team, but when you've got pitching like that, man, you're in a lot of games. 
Yeah, I like Gallon and Snell both to uh, have dominant performances here tonight. Make sure you guys head on over to pregame.com with college football starting this weekend. A lot of our pregame pros will have college football best bets up available on the website, and you can take 20% off your purchase of a daily best bet using the promo code COOK20. COOK20 will take 20% off at pregame.com. You don't have to get a daily best bet. You can get a season-long subscription package and never miss a pick from your favorite pregame pro. That's right. Choose your favorite pregame pro and get the entire college football season or get the entire NFL season. Do a combo, NFL and college football. It's all available for you at pregame.com. Again, 20% off using the promo code COOK20. We also have our Like Super Contest contest is available now on the website, pregame.com. Click on contests, find the Like Super Contest contest, and it's just like the Super Contest. All you got to do is pick five NFL sides per week, and the best part about it, you don't have to do it all at once. You can wait for the best lines and pick them whenever. And then if you win, you get your choice, $1,500 in your pocket, cash, or we give you free entry into next year's Westgate Super Contest, plus free proxy service here in Las Vegas. Hard to beat that deal, and you pay $0 to enter. Free. Mm. Free. Go to pregame.com, click on contests, and find the Like Super Contest contest on pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, Mackenzie Rivers, I'm Scott Sadenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.